0: Hey guys, it's Connor Boyle, and this is the final whistle.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Rugby Connection presents the final whistle. Now, this week's guest just breakout season for Edinburgh. Definitely want to keep an eye on. He is chomping at the bit. I feel like he's going to be in the Scotland camp in the summer. It's Connor Boyle. Connor, thank you so much for coming on. How are we getting on?
0: Good, mate. Good. It's a day off today, so um, just relaxing really. We have got a big game of the weekend, so. Uh, yeah, nice to be on the
1: show. Yeah, we're very excited to have you on because you have been like the talk almost of the season from Edinburgh fans just because of how you broke through and just your performances, especially in the Challenge Cup as well. But yeah, like you said, big game coming this weekend against Glasgow. It is a big one. It's at Murray Field. Two trophies on the line. Yeah, let's go for it.
0: Yeah, I know. I think like this, uh, this weekend, you know, is... It's probably the biggest game of our season and of their season because you've not only got, you know, who who qualifies for the Champions Cup, but you've got the 1872 Cup and then whoever loses the game will probably end up playing, you know, the best team in Europe in uh, in Dublin against Leinster. So, you know, it's massive for both the team's season and, you know, no one's really going to want to lose this one. Um, if, you know, well, obviously no one ever wants to lose an 1872 Cup derby, but Just, I think, all those added bonuses, you know, add to the the ferocity of the game.
1: Yeah, I think I did the math, because we're 13 points down from Glasgow on the 1872 aggregate score. But if we win, but not by that margin, we win the Scottish-Italian shield from the URC, but not the 1872 Cup, you get the champion. It's very weird. Like, two teams can walk away with two different trophies, essentially. Yeah, I know. I think, like...
0: Obviously, winning the 1872 Cup is something, but just, you know, in terms of league position and qualifying for the Champions Cup, that's probably the one that's on our minds the most. Um, just because, you know, it means we can bring, like, you know, the best teams in Europe to the damn hell stadium now that we've got. And then, um, you know, just qualifying or finishing top of that, you know, Scottish-Italian shield is, is also something that we want to do as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. But we're going to bring it right back. What actually got you into rugby in the first place, Connor? Um, well,
0: I think like the, the main thing that probably just got me into rugby was something all my friends did. Um, you know, when I was sorry, when I was fifth years, uh, five years old, I think I went down to a Sunday rugby session at, at, at Stu Mel Minis, and just you know, it was probably a thing that like everyone else was doing at the time. So my parents thought it'd be a good idea to just bring me along and. Uh, Probably from the ages, like my early ages, I was I enjoyed it, but it wasn't massive for me. It was only really when it once it started becoming a bit more competitive that I realized like I was actually pretty good at it. And then from there it was probably just all right, I enjoy this. I'm pretty good at it. How can I be as good as I can be? And then I kind of got a bit obsessed with it. And then it's just um probably carried on to now.
1: Yeah. I mean, every time I've seen you play this season, whether it's on TV or in the stadium. You have so much passion, and you could see that whether you're defending, carrying the ball, or even when we get a turnover and you see fist pumping, and it's, it's great to see. But you have represented Scotland at essentially all levels, haven't you? Uh, yeah, well, I
0: played uh, Scotland 16s all the way to under 20s, um, all the way through. Um, and it was just, you know, a, a great honour doing all that eighth grade stuff. And then May sign for Edinburgh when I was 19 and uh, hopefully, you know, doing as much as I can to try and, the goal is to play for Scotland eventually, so hopefully just keep playing for there.
1: Yeah, and honestly, you mentioned playing for Scotland. I don't see why you can't be playing for Scotland. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. I'm not blowing smoke or anything. I have said it on our, our regular episodes as well that definitely you are one to watch and, think sooner the better get you capped. I think like the always um
0: the way I look at it is I always look at you know that the one of the the hardest jerseys to play for a team so if you're you know if you're French you always think about that French number nine jersey or you're in you know English you always think about the number 10 jersey as being one of the you know the hardest places to play but I think in Scotland just like the quality of the, the number sevens that we have like available now and like Throughout like rugby history, you know, you've got legends like Finley Calder, and then now you've got Hamish Watson, Roy Darge playing really well, and even Jamie Ritchie, you can you can cap cover that position, you know. It's such a hard position to put to break into. So just for me, it's just focusing on myself and, and doing as much as as I can do to just be competitive there and and you know focus on myself to get make sure I'm playing the best rugby I can be.
1: Yeah, that's right. Would you ever maybe go in the number six jersey or or dabble at number eight or is number um, seven?
0: Well, like I, I also think, like I can probably, I could probably play there, but I think more, more in the modern game, you're looking at players who are more of a line-out option than myself. You know, I kind of see myself as an out and out number seven. That's that's my skill set. That's where I'm specialised in. So it's probably, you know, I wouldn't mind it. I, like I wouldn't have anything uh, against doing the job, but you know, coaches are probably looking for another line-out forward there at six and eight, and you know, they may be looking for someone else to do that.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. And I like your answer. You do get some players that are, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try here and then blah, 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 and such and such. But no, you're sticking to your guns. Number seven on your back. I like to see that. Obviously, we've just dabbled that you are a back row. Who is your dream back row partner? So who's your blindside? Who's your number eight? You can pick one, both past and present for each. Um, Back row.
0: Dream back row pairing. Uh, I don't. I don't really. So I'll say if I was playing seven, then number eight. It's quite quite a tough one. Um, I mean playing with Bill Mata is we're very lucky to have him in Edinburgh at the moment. Like he's, you know, every season one of the best players in Europe. Um, so maybe someone similar to him, Bill Mata. Um, trying to think of of any other rugby players. Um in that number eight jersey. Him um maybe someone like you know Henry Tulange, just also we speak to Alistair Strokoch as our SNC coach at Edinburgh, and he always says that he had the easiest job in the world when he was at perpignan because it was just clear rocks for Henry lang because he was always amazing. And then six as a line at forward. Um I don't I don't really know, like you know, I, I really do enjoy playing with people like Jamie Ritchie and Nick Crosby because they're just, you know, so physical and it makes your jobs easier when they're, like, involved in everything. Um, best six, um, I can imagine. um, Maybe someone like David Pocock, you know, that'd be, that'd be really cool to play alongside. Or even um Jerome Cano, because they're just, you know, again, absolute workhorses and they're just so physical and, and good over ball.
1: Yeah, I mean good luck to try and stop anyone in that back row because it's not happening. Just <laughs> yeah. physicality, start to finish.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, right. We've got one of the boys from Edinburgh got in on this. So I've to mention Rory Darge to you. <laughs> I, think I was there when I think it was like, you telling Hodgie about that. Just... Oh, that's not fun if you're Yeah, it was it
0: was yeah, Hodgson. Yeah, I think he was just trying sort to of like. I don't even, like. I don't even know they, they try and make a bigger deal of it over it than it is because, um, like we and Darjee are a good mates. So I was texting him earlier about, uh, seeing him on Saturday when he when he come through and uh, yeah, like they they always try to wind me up because he's obviously doing so well, and um, but you know I'm I'm focused on myself so I'm not too bothered about it anyway. Is it a bromance between you and Darjee, Is it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. We played, we played <laughs> Play together from 16s all the way up to, you know, under 20s and even at Edinburgh together. So, you know, we know each other really well and we get on really well.
1: Ah, fair enough. I've to ask about CB100 as well. <laughs> uh, well, I think it was, that was probably stemmed from the same pattern.
0: It was uh, essentially, I think when Glasgow announced, uh, when they announced Darjee had re signed, they were saying, like, they called him RD7 or something. So everyone at Edinburgh just called, started calling me CB Seven, CB Seven, as a nickname. And then as soon as um I went, so I went to change my Instagram handle on a night out to CB Seven, and it wasn't available, so I changed it to CB One Hundred just for a bit of that. I don't
1: know. Social media handles are the weirdest things ever, because like you get some of our guests previously, and it has nothing to do with their name or. I was like, "How did we get there?" And they explain. I'm
0: like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." yeah cool. I mean, I played uh, when I played for Watsonians, there was um, there was a boy there who played hooker, a guy called Ross Graham, and his nickname was Crumbs. And uh, the only nick- like the only reason he was called Crumbs was because his brother was called Biscuits. <laughs> <That's
1: all those> <laughs> old- <laughs> I like that. I'll, I'll read yeah. that. That's brilliant. Um, and the last one Jimmy told me to mention to you was Batman. Oh, that's just
0: a, That was um. I used to wear. I used to wear a scrum hat uh, when I played, and um, I think uh, I. I one one interview, uh, the media guy at Edinburgh was asking me, "Oh, why why do you wear a scrum hat?" And I said something along the lines of, "Oh, when I play, I kind of like." It makes me like it helps me just kind of focus with the game. And I, I said, I don't want to sound like Batman, like when I put on the mask, <laughs> think someone else. And you know, all the players got involved in that and just started calling me Batman from then. And, uh, and my, my try song for Scott Myfield
1: was a Batman theme song as well. Ah, uh, fair enough. Well, actually, you could explain all this stuff. Obviously, every player when they score gets their own like theme song. Yeah. Shoeman's is the greatest showman because he is the greatest shoe. It's, it's funny. Mark Bennett scored a few weeks ago, and it played "You're Welcome" by Moana.
0: Yeah, I have absolutely no idea why that song plays. I don't know if he's just a massive Moana fan. I need to I need to actually ask him. Like yeah. uh, the like squeeze is obvious, obvious, and and the other boys are just looking for something to get the crowd like a bit hyped up. But then I, suppose, I actually have no idea why Benzos is is Moana. I don't know if it's kind of like he he finds it a little bit like funny to himself, but. I always get so confused when that comes on.
1: <laughs> I even ran it by, like, my family. Now, like, has Mark got, like, young kids or that? And they love one. I was like, no, he's I not. Think, I, I
0: think it must just be his favourite movie. Like, um, I genuinely, like, I haven't asked him about it, but I think there probably is, like, a deeper meaning to it, but <laughs> I, I have no idea. I haven't asked him about it.
1: Fair enough. I, the only theory I, th- I had of it was, like, you're welcome. I scored. I don't know if that was it. But we'll we'll get him on and ask. We'll ask yeah, him.
0: I would do. I would do.
1: But yours is the Batman
0: theme. Yeah, yeah, mine's the Batman theme song, and I can't. I don't know if there's any other, like. Uh, Think a hard I mean, highway
1: to hell when Ramiro scored. Yeah, his is probably, that's probably the way it goes. He enjoys a bit of rock music. Some ones that are very weird, like but Mark Bennett takes a cake for Moana, but yeah, I
0: like Darcy's is probably the best with the can can because everyone, everyone <laughs> well, gets. It's like the, the can-can music and everyone starts stomping their feet when it plays.
1: Oh, nice, nice. I hmm. need to get back to a game where Darcy's playing. Yeah, well, I hope, hopefully he'll be back for this weekend. Um, I'll be there. I'll be there loud and proud.
0: But the only thing is that it's in the main stadium at Murrayfield, so it's probably not as... It'll be a good atmosphere, but I really enjoy the damn hell. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask, what do you actually think of Edinburgh finally having their own
0: oh it's so good like i mean you've you've been to a few games like especially the one against ulster when it sold out and you know yeah. the quarter final last weekend um it's you know, it's, it's unbelievable like although minefield is an, un, an amazing place to play it's it's such a big stadium so you know you can kind of feel it almost like if we have the same amount of credit it'd be a bit empty and a bit like cauldron-esque but the dam is just it's different gravy in the sense that you know it's it almost brings a bit of like tension for other teams coming there like you've got the fans on the back the whole time like you're so close to the pitch it's unbelievable just to to be able to to play in the pitch and it'd be so loud like you can almost not hear yourself when you're playing
1: yeah I mean I've been I was at the Ulster game in the quarterfinal like you just mentioned and both atmospheres were thunderous I've had mates come across for the Connacht game and everything mm. they're like is it always this loud?" I was like yeah pretty much yeah.
0: It's class. It's good. It's, especially when you like you're scoring a try, you can just hear the roar of the crowd go off. It's cool. It's pretty cool.
1: It looks weird though, because it doesn't feel like it's going to be a loud stadium. But when you get in, it's just like a mini cauldron of noise. Almost. Yeah, I
0: know. I think it's just like 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 you're actually really close to the pitch because we train in that pitch every day, and you're, it's like when it's it's empty, no one there. It doesn't feel like it's going to be like that. But when everyone gets in, because you you're quite close to the pitch and everyone's packed in quite closely beside each other. I think it just reverbs, reverber, reverberates around right the stadium.
1: Yeah, exactly. My favourite thing about the DAP is the loophole that every Edinburgh fan seems to find. So at the start of the game, you get over the speakers due to COVID-19. You're not allowed to meet or greet the players or anything like that. Just go behind the stadium and stand at the barrier. You can meet <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, it's stupid. Like,
1: I hope, I think that I
0: hope I hope that rule really has gone away now because it's obviously, um, obviously is not as as big as a, a threat as it once was. But yeah, I think you know that especially when you leave the pitch and you've got all the, the fans there, it's quite nice to see all, all of them after the game and be able to get you know a picture taken with them and 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 saying some stuff. But I think uh, you know just the damn health and in, in general is like I've I've definitely noticed it that. You know, this year I think there seems to be like a bit more buzz about being an end rugby fan than there was in the past because we've got our own ground and, and people can come down and enjoy a bit more of a better Saturday night.
1: Yeah, exactly. the only thing I do miss is pitch side standing, but you can't get yeah. much closer.
0: Yeah, I know. Well,
1: realistic way.
0: Like I, I used to have a season ticket and I remember when we were, we had the pitch side standing at, at Murrayfield in the, in the stands. Like it was almost like, it was so big because, obviously it's such a big stadium that you'd have, like, kids playing touch rugby games on in the pitch side standing. Whereas, like, I suppose there is pitch side, you can, there's standing, safe standing bits at, at the game. So it's probably a bit more for rugby spectators. But, you know, um, I think, it you know, in terms of overall, it's probably just a, a much better thing to have.
1: Oh, it is. A, it's, it's the best. I've been an Edinburgh fan, I think, since I was, like, five or six. So I've been to, like, like you said, like, the kind of empty... Murrayfield. I've been to my side, and nothing clicked mm-hmm. properly until we got to the dam. And it's like my second home now. I'm there like all the time. <laughs> <That's probably laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um. Obviously, like when fans, like when you're coming through after a game, or even going to warm up, you hear like it's usually younger fans saying it. But what's the weirdest thing you've had shouted at you?
0: Weirdest thing shouted at me? Uh. I don't I, I haven't really played enough to have got much stick yet. Um, I remember before um I think it was a monster game. So like we were about to kick off at Stolman Park and uh like someone was just giving Langers like hell abuse on, on the touchline, just like, oh number 12, you're terrible, you're terrible. And I was just like, oh my god, this is so so um Aggressive. And then I think I played under 20s at uh, Franklin Gardens. And I remember just conceding a try against England and like getting absolute just abuse thrown at me from the upper deck and just looking up and just being like, why, mate? This is an under 20s game and you're about 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's not, nothing, nothing we- I remember actually last week, some ki- like, hey, uh, maybe it was against Ulster. Like Mish had lost his head tape at half time, and there was an Edinburgh, a young Edinburgh fan was cutting about in his head tape that had come off.
1: And oh, I was like, That's weird.
0: That's crazy. That's, that's diehard stuff. You know?
1: The only reason I asked is because last week after the Wasps game, obviously, like Blair and all that's getting asked for like a thousand photos. There was a group of young lads across from me. They were wanting anything. They asked for like the bibs, they asked for a water bottle, and it just kept getting weirder the more rejection they were getting. So, (laughs) can we get your shorts? I was like, he's worn, like they're match worn. That's no great
0: growth. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: so weird.
0: Yeah, I think like we, we obviously, the, the shame is like we've got, we've only got a certain amount number of tops, so we can't give away the tops after the game, but like everyone wants them. And then, oh, it's the same with boots, like. I only have a couple of pairs of boots on me for the season, and I can't be giving them away, willy nilly. But I think, um, yeah, I, there is some that like that tunnel from the pitch to to the changing room is that it's like some of the stuff you get requested, like just your take your out blocks or stuff like that. It's just yeah, you don't want that. I don't know why why you want that. Yeah,
1: what would, even if we did give you, what would you do with it?
0: <laughs> I know. I have no idea. I don't
1: want to know to be honest. It's like my other half is like. Blair Kinghorn daft. She loves Blair for obvious reasons. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. Reason. And I did think about it, like if I asked him for his top and he gave me it, I don't know what like what would you do with it? Like just keep it? Or would you yeah. want? Like do you wash it? Did...
0: Yeah, I know. It'd be That's... pretty gross.
1: That's what I was thinking because surely if you wash it, it loses all value because then it's technically not much worn.
0: Yeah, but then they'll be at like the, the shirts like after the game they'll be absolutely dripping That's in sweat right. like they'll be gross.
1: Nah, no, I'm good. Just, yeah. just a signed, non-used top works for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you got any advice for younger talent trying to break through? So maybe like the under-14s when rugby gets into the more contact side of things. Um, yeah, well, obviously, like,
0: the main thing is, like, when when contact gets brought in, like, a lot of people just focus on, you know, they think, oh, and physical specimen like I want to be as big as I can I want to be you know as aggressive as I can so I can tackle people as hard as I can and and whatnot but you know the advice I I always think of is just make sure you're always working on your skills and that because you know once you get to like a a senior level or a pro level or whatever stage you get to you know you find everyone a professional or even like semi-professional or you know, Premiership rugby in Scotland, they're they're always big. Like everyone's going to be big. That will just come naturally to everyone. But if you don't have good skills, and you, you know, you won't be able to play at that level. And especially when you get to pool level, like everyone's massive. Like regardless, you've got like freaks like you know Magnus Bradbury, you know Bill Mathers, Ben Moncaster, you know big guys. But you know the best ones are the ones you can catch and pass as well. Yeah, and that's what they uh, stand out. If you can offload, catch, pass you know, not only are you a big guy who's going to carry the ball well, but you've got the soft skills to link with the backs and, and that's what probably coaches will pick you on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Who's, who was the most, like, welcoming when you first got into Edinburgh? Um
0: The most welcoming? I think, uh, you know, Stuart McAnally, the whole time I've been here, Stuart McAnally and, and Gilco have probably been club captains. Um I'd probably say, you know, they were... Well, Stuart McNally especially was was very welcoming. He always does makes makes a thing out of you know introducing himself to to young players and, and chatting to them and making sure they're having a good time. So he's always been really good at that. And then, um, you know, just uh, Hamish Watson's been very good. You know, just advice and, and just being you know someone that you can like learn off as well the whole time. And uh, that's. Stevie Laurie, I've got a great relationship with Stevie Laurie. He's been here pretty much the whole time I've been at Edinburgh as well. So, so just, you know, it's, it's a good environment for me and, and somewhere where I, I enjoy coming to work now especially.
1: Good. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned Stuart McAnally. There's a running joke with me and the other hosts that I kind of <laughs> look like him. I don't think I do. A lot of people say I do, but I'm not having it. But I'll let you <laughs> we'll let you decide if I look like Stuart McAnally or not.
0: Uh yeah, I think you kind of do a little bit. You've got that. You've got the hair. He's got like a little quiff going as well. I'm uh, not having it. I'm not having it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah.
1: The, the joke was when Stuart I think picked up a knock against Ulster. Yeah, yeah. All,
0: yeah. The, all,
1: all the boys around him. Like, Murray, why are you coming off the pitch? Like, Shut up! There's, I'm not. I'm evidently not. It's not funny anymore.
0: Yeah, I know. No, he's. uh I think he. I think someone. I think it was like a,
1: is someone put a TikTok of it.
0: Yeah. So i <laughs> the- it and it got shared into a group chat and everyone's having a, a bit of a laugh.
1: Oh what? I'm in I'm in the Edinburgh group chat. Yeah. Oh I'm just gonna like crawl into a ball. Like no more of that. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's actually pretty cool that user found my videos as well. That's pretty cool. I like
0: that. I think it was Hodge who shared it into the, the chat. I can't remember at the time. Uh, I think we I'm gonna Africa as well. Oh god.
1: I'm never gonna love this down.
0: Right, you're not you're not the only one because uh they uh, say Joe Pyle, or I don't know, is um or a video for he's, He Looks Like Rambo as well.
1: Oh, nice. Where does the nickname Rambo actually come from?
0: Again, I have, I don't actually know. It's just kind of like, ever since I've been here, everyone's called him Rambo. And uh, I've just kind of, just unquestionably started calling him that as well. Like, it's one of those things in rugby, you don't actually know if it has a, a negative connotation, but you never really want to ask. So it, you just kind of... <laughs> Just kind of talk, started calling them out and just go along the flow. And it's been, what, five, four years now. And yeah, I have There's no idea why you... we call him
1: that. I always like using his Instagram handle because it's Shirt the Pilot. The when pilot. he's captain, I like to think, like, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That makes more sense. But no, he gets called Ramble, So I was like, OK. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what, what's your actual nickname, apart from, like, CB100? <laughs>
0: Uh, that's probably the thing. Like most people call me just Boiler. Um, that was probably just Cockers who started calling me that when I first came in. But like, I don't think I ever get called Connor on a day-to-day basis. It's probably either Boiler, and Batman, or you know, CB or something like that. So,
1: so if you get called Connor, you know you're in trouble. Man.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, cool. I'm I'm the, I'm the exact same. My parents. Mother half friends family. If I hear Murray, I'm like, what did I do? Yeah, I no, <laughs> I was saying
0: like, I'm trying to, I, I, I try and tell people who like aren't in Edinburgh about like stories, and there's just so many nicknames now that like no one actually has any idea who like any of them are, and they're just like trying to like keep up the story, just like, oh, who's that again?
1: <laughs> go on, go on, give us some nicknames apart from like the obvious, like no Shoei is.
0: Yeah, Shuey. Um, Magnus Bradley gets called Mole. I don't really know why that is as well. Um, and then, but to be it's just like they're just basic ones like Grant Gilchrist would be called Gilco, and then you know, like Jamie Hodgson would be Hodgie and and whatnot. It's just kind of shortened abbreviations of their names, really. There's no there's no ever, there's no ever kind of. Although we did have that new Jamie Jack guy come in, and he's called El Toro for some reason. And that, okay. <laughs> which is what? new. I don't know again.
1: Anyone in the comments knows what El Toro means. Put it in and explain yeah. if there's anyone. I think it means
0: like the bull. But I think he doesn't, he's, I
1: don't really know. that does not really fit the
0: the kind of description.
1: Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe find out one day. Yeah. Um, what's your aims? I was going to say for the remainder of the season, but there's not much of the season left. So what's, what would you like to achieve? Where do you see yourself in five years? I'll ask that. I'll change that. Five years. Um
0: I don't I don't really think five know, five years down the line is quite quite a big one. I think that you know that last year I had you know I just wanted to make my debut for Edinburgh. And then this year was kind of just trying to I wanted to be in the conversation to be in that starting twenty-three where, of the match twenty-three. But I think next year probably my my goal moving on is to try and you know be in the starting fifteen. That's where I want to be next year. I don't, you know. They always say like that external stuff like, like Scotland, and whatnot, if you if you're starting for Edinburgh, you're in, in the back row, back row even, you've got a great chance to be playing for Scotland. So my goal is just, you know, work hard in the off season, uh, have a good pre-season and then um improve on the performances from this year and try and get better and better. I think I'm kind of structured in that each year I want to be doing better and better. And you know, every day I always look for those improvements on a weekly basis, so hopefully next year I can kick on from this and and, and progress further.
1: That's fair, and I like the fact that you're, you're quite down to earth about it. You're not, I'm the best, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You're quite grounded, and that's great to see. Now it's time to understand the man away from the rugby, get to know Conor Boyle. <laughs> so, what was your favourite post-match drink?
0: Post-match drink. Well, (laughs) um, depends if we win or lose, to be honest. Both. If uh, if we, to be honest, like, if we win, um, you know, one big thing for Mike is, you know, celebrating the wins. So, we'll tend to have a good group of boys. Um, I think Cookie, the kit man, he always has a tenants or a a strong bull in the change room for us. Um, If it's a soft drink I'll probably just enjoy like a Coke Zero uh big fan of that but then if it's you know if I going on a night out maybe a Jagerman
1: <laughs> nice that took a weird turn so quick but I love it yeah um favorite pizza topping favorite pizza topping um probably pepperoni good thank you someone's actually came up with a safe answer yeah <laughs>
0: I don't, last I don't game, want to say well, pineapple. Last one, yes,
1: it's came out with weird and wonderful. Uh, so next one. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Nah. Good. Nah, Thank you. Connor Boyle understands this. Yeah. So many people said yeah. It's weird, and, isn't it? It's just weird. I don't like pineapple anyway. Like I am not a big fan of it as a fruit. I enjoy, I enjoy pineapple, it's just
0: like just you don't mix those two things at all.
1: Like, do you put on cold slices or does that get, like, is it hot pineapple? I don't know,
0: I've never, to be honest, I've not had it in years and I don't, I don't plan on having it again. So. No, 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 it's no, like, no. favorite film? Oh, favorite film, uh, About Time, I don't know if you ever watched that, it's no. uh, by Richard Curtis, the guy who does Love Actually, it's a bit of a romantic, a romantic comedy, All right, but, okay. uh, such a good watch, such a wholesome movie. Fair enough. <laughs> favorite song, favorite song. Um, probably say "Don't Delete the Kisses" by Wolf Alice.
1: Okay, nice.
0: Something different. Uh, that's, yeah.
1: very, that's very different. And um, what's your favorite music genre?
0: Music genre. Uh, probably like alternative rock or like indie rock. Yeah. Yes.
1: Perfect, vibing so hard, <laughs> yeah. yeah. man. Um, worst roommate on tour. A worst roommate on tour.
0: Um, don't know, like we tend to, you tend to get put with people you like. Uh, you put with you like, and and you get on with well. And um, they're pretty good at Edinburgh. I know I don't like anyone in the squad, but they're pretty good at Edinburgh. Putting you with people that you know you're friends with. Um, yeah. I'd probably say the only negative, well, I wouldn't even say it's a negative experience because, you know, we got on well, but like pre season this year, I was with young, young Rudy Brown. And uh, on the Thursday, he got COVID and the whole pre season camp got shut down. So that was, uh, I had to get like a quarantine taxi back to Edinburgh after it. So it was like, it was probably the only negative experience I've had. So, I mean, I've had to say one, that's was probably the only negative experience I had, but it wasn't due to him. Yeah. Biggest character in the squad? biggest character um there's a lot of them to be honest like uh you know Pierre Schumann's always always you know full of energy trains really hard um and then you know you've got characters like Magnus Bradbury's you know always you know full of energy off the off the, off the pitch and and Ben Muncaster is just kind of a bit odd but uh yeah I'd probably probably say Pierre Schumann, for biggest character.
1: How's Ben Odd? I'm curious now. It's kind of a
0: weird thing to explain. He's just kind of one of those people who does everything. He's very intense, I'd say. So if you're talking to him, they'll just be like,
1: oh, how are you doing? Oh, that's great. (laughs) Right, fair fair enough. No, I only asked because when we had Hodgie on, he explained Shui's Weird Christmas.
0: Weird Christmas.
1: I haven't heard that
0: story, to be honest. Uh, Oh.
1: if I could remember it properly. Shui had to organize something around Christmas time to like entertain you oh, all. Yes. Oh all masks and oh yeah, that was that was um I think it was that was when
0: I was like in the academy and we had uh, he had us dress up as elves, but we were all wearing like hula skirts and you know, I think someone was dressed as the Queen and someone was dressed as Margaret Thatcher and someone was dressed as Boris John. I don't even know. Well, what was going on there and we ought had to read poems
1: yeah yeah I, yeah that's what about the poems that made no sense and... oh
0: they were like I think that they probably made sense but just the people, some of the people who are reading them like the average ability to read in the squad was
1: absolutely put to shame that day it was like read aloud was terrible fair enough I mean we'll get Shui on and I will ask him to explain himself for it yeah because that's that's two of the boys from Edinburgh now telling me about this story. She asked
0: him, uh, ask him about his recent shark diving experience as well.
1: His recent shark diving experience.
0: He went. Um, so when we were in South Africa, he he um he one of the days off on a Sunday there was options op- to, to play golf. There was option to go and um, to the beach, and there was an option like Skewy had organised shark diving for a few of the boys. Right. Obviously, we beat we beat sharks on a Saturday and the day off was a Sunday. So Saturday night, everyone was you know having a few beers. I say a few, you know, everyone was pretty hungover the next morning. So, I I'd, I'd chosen to play golf, so I had a bit of a lie in because we weren't golfing until ten. But the shark diving bus left at about six in the morning. So all the hungover boys got got on the shark diving bus and, and had to drive two hours to the to the sea. And uh, when they got there, it was they discovered it was too windy to actually go shark diving. So they'd all got up at six in the morning, hung over, drove in two hours and not being able to do anything. And they were all absolutely raging at skew because he organised it.
1: <laughs> For sure. Never, never gets it easy. <laughs> no,
0: I know. But he was like, uh, oh, it wasn't a shark diving. It was a shark driving, I described it, described it as. Oh, fair. I like
1: that. Um, what was your favourite dessert? Favourite dessert? Um. Maybe cheesecake? Kind of cheesecake. Just vanilla, maybe just normal. Uh, maybe just uh, uh, nice safe choice. Scrum cap or tape? Tape, I think. Tape, yeah. Just Does that hurt? It's, uh, no, it doesn't hurt. I just
0: I I think I always just played with a scrum hat, but um, you know, it's you, you have better vision of your surroundings, I think. And there's I don't, I don't even know. It's just I've just enjoyed it a lot more now. And I think it's just easier to hear everyone as well.
1: That's fair. And, you know, you can give some fans tape, as we've learned. That's still weird, but yeah. yeah always just, there you go, there's some tape. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, biggest inspiration on and off rugby and why?
0: Biggest inspiration? Uh, in rugby, maybe, I've always liked Michael Hooper. I think he's probably like a player that I kind of I see my game as. Um just, you know, he's so dynamic for his size and, and just, you know, the longevity he's had in his career and just the effect he's had on the Australian national team as well is is something I've always found really impressive. And then off the field, um I don't I don't maybe my I think off field probably my parents, I'd say as my biggest information there. You know, they both work really hard to, you know, be where they are. And um like my mom's from up north, a village, tiny village up north, and my dad's from you know Harrington. They've like definitely worked very hard for me and to put me in the like, place where I am. And um, you know, I, I think my whole point in rugby now is just kind of I owe it to them to kind of to to get as far as I can. So that's probably my inspiration off the field.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. Now, when you're making a bowl of cereal, is the cereal first or does the milk go first?
0: It's the cereal first.
1: Good. Yeah. I don't get why people put milk first. Surely you need to know how much cereal you need first.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of. A, I thought, yeah, it's kind of counterproductive kind of putting the milk in first because cereal just exactly. floats as well. Exactly. How do you make a cup of tea? Uh, I put. I actually don't. I, I don't drink enough tea to to have any preference there. Like sometimes I'll, I'll pour a glass of of water and put the tea bag in, and sometimes I just put the tea bag at the bottom and put some water in. But exactly. I don't actually drink normal tea, so I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, you can't have milk
1: or something like that." Fair enough. I was going to say you're, you're going to trigger some people with some way of ordering. I'm not yeah. a big tea drinker. I just know it's a big, massive debate online when you see yeah, people sure. making tea videos, and then <laughs> you just say, "No, that's wrong."
0: Yeah, I, 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 again, like, I don't, I don't drink a lot of tea. I, I drink coffee quite a lot because you know it's something social to do, but. Not really a big tea fan.
1: Oh, there you go then. Costa Coffee or Deimos Coffee?
0: Oh, Demos Coffee, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it's it's like fresh. It's fresh and it's not. Oh yeah, it's hundred
0: percent. Like they, I think he's got his own um, coffee roasters um, down in in New Haven. Like there's a New Haven guy who does it for him, and you know the coffee that he do, he comes in every now and again for the squad. Like if we've got a Tuesday training session or a Thursday training session, you know, he'll put the thing on for the boys, and we'll. Get a coffee, but he's actually at the neighborhood stock market in Stockbridge in Edinburgh at the moment. If boys want to go down there, nice. Oh yeah, I've
1: seen that the espresso martinis and
0: yeah, they're yeah exactly espresso martinis later on, but the coffee's there all day as well, and it's really good as well.
1: And you get to meet them in Highland.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think Charlie Savala and uh, Nathan Sweeney are actually working as baristas there.
1: Well, 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 part-time gig when you're not training either. Yeah. Last one. Rory Darge or Hamish Watson? I think that that's probably one like you just look at
0: one of the questions that will get you in trouble, and I probably can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think they both like they both have such different like styles of get of play. Like Hamish is there's so much experience. Like he's obviously a British and Irish lion. He carries the ball so well, and he's just you know so aggressive considering. Considering like he's not as big as, you know, maybe other international back rowers and and, and just I think Darty just does the fundamentals of the game so well. Like he's so strong in the tackle, he's got great footwork and he's he's so strong over the ball as well. Like they both have, they're both such good players. And you know, you're you're lucky to play at the same have uh, played with and, and and train with, you know, such good players because you can learn so much from them.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair. I think the way I put it was I think it was a Scotland Italy game this year. And Hamish, it looked like Hamish was doing the majority of the work in the first half, and in the second half, it's like he took a step back, and like Darje do it, and it almost looked like a proud dad moment. <laughs> but if you see yeah. it on, on the camera, he just tends to like, my boy. I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they're I just, like,
0: that. like they're both ridiculously fit individuals as well. Like they're both, you know, I think Hamish has got probably the best, one of the best ever forwards times in the Bronco fitness test that we run at Edinburgh Like he's ridiculously fit individual and, uh, and so is Darge as well so, you know, there's there's no doubt that if they played together they can they couldn't both do it for the whole game as well
1: Exactly I mean, you've absolutely smashed the getting to know you stage We're going to just finish up on this just because he set you up earlier with the whole CB100 and the Darge and Batman, have you got anything that you'd like to get back about Hodgie? Um
0: I oh, no, don't, don't really know to be honest like uh, I know boys call him Leo Cullen at Edinburgh because he looks like Leo Cullen which isn't the best celebrity look I like at. I might message him well I don't see how he reacts yeah Um. but no I mean I, li- I lived with Hodgie for you know a year and a bit so there's nothing uh, there. those those things aren't the worst things he could say about me so I'm not too, not too taken back yeah,
1: yeah But no you've absolutely smashed it and just thank you so much for agreeing to come on and no worries, top, man. Some rubbish, essentially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's been an absolute blast. This has been The Final Whistle with Connor Boyle, and I'll see you next time.